Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to SaskAg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show for this Thursday, a senator provided his final comments on the amended version of Bill C-234 before the Christmas break. The provincial insect specialist gave his 2023 report on what critters farmers face during the growing season and preparations for an ag conference geared for young farmers is ongoing. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on the voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. This is Sask Ag Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Saskag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Bill 234 is no longer in the hands of the Senate. It's now heading back to the House of Commons with amendments tacked on that will have to be reviewed. There were two amendments brought forward at committee, which were to not include barn heating as part of the exemption, and also to reduce the sunset clause from eight years down to three. As to when this bill might see the light of day again, well, that's anyone's guess. This is a private member's bill introduced by the Tories that was opposed by all but a handful of Liberal MPs, and as a result, will be far down on the list of bills the government will want to deal with in the new year. There were some final comments by senators on both sides of the issue earlier this week. Senator Robert Black, a staunch supporter of the bill from the very start, expressed his disappointment. Since this bill has been in the Senate, I've received over 2,500 letters and 2,000 plus emails from farmers, ranchers and growers who have all shared their support for for an unamended Bill C-234. And since last week, a number have reached out again to express their disappointment about the amended bill. They have used words such as and comments like, and I quote, the Senate is being obstructionist, end quote. Quote, the Senate lacks the understanding of our issues, end quote. Quote, some senators are truly, truly misinformed, end quote. End quote, the Senate has a disdain for farmers, doesn't it? End quote. End quote, it's time to get rid of the Senate. Colleagues, these comments bother me greatly. I'm not proud of what has transpired here in the Senate chamber over the past few weeks. We have failed a very important segment of our Canadian population. And I remain concerned that I've not done my job well enough in the chamber. While I believe it is now severely flawed, and the industry agrees with this statement, we must pass this bill now so that it can be returned to our elected officials who voted in support of the original bill as soon as possible so that they can decide if they will accept this amended bill or not. 
And while I can be hopeful that something might come of it, and we'll see it back here in its original form, as my honorable colleague Senator Wells has already pointed out, it could be a long and difficult road ahead for this amended bill in the other place. That was Senator Robert Black. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. On the other side of the break, we're going to hear a 2023 report from the provincial insect specialist, James Tancy, with the Ministry of Agriculture. Again, you're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Welcome back to the program. Grasshoppers caused the most crop damage this year, but other insects were problems for growers as well. James Tancy is the Provincial Insect Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. He gave his 2023 report yesterday, uh, on Tuesday at the Agronomy Research Update in Saskatoon. We start off with cutworms. We had some significant damage uh, from clover cutworm in canola, uh, primarily in, the, in uh, uh, the northeast and some near Outlook. Most of the cutworm issues were, were associated with subterranean cutworms. So primarily redback cutworm, also pill um, um, western. Uh, these ones really like it dry. And uh, they like weedy fields in the fall, so they lay, you know, they're, they're generalists. They'll lay their eggs on a variety of different host plants in the fall, overwinter as eggs, and these, these animals are going to emerge in spring to cause damage. Flea beetles were not a big problem in most areas this year. We still had some, some economic populations in the northeast, primarily with Philotreta striolata, or the striped flea beetle, and we had some populations in the moose jaw area from cruciferae. There are some differences in their responses to specific insecticides, with striped flea beetle being less susceptible to certain insecticides. It seems that the new product, Buteo Start, is very efficacious for both species. There was some talk about reductions in flea beetle pressures regionally being associated with use of this product. I'm skeptical. Uh, I don't think it was used broadly enough to have an impact on, on flea beetle populations over the entire province. Dry conditions, I think that's really what's going on here. The Bertha army worm was not an issue for canola this year, even though Tansy says Saskatchewan is due for an outbreak. Moving on to your basic army worm in wheat and durum. Uh, we had uh, numerous reports of true armyworm uh, munching on cereals. So this is an animal that actually actively flies in from southern latitudes. Uh, it is migratory. Uh, so we had significant damage to wheat and durum. And we had uh, one site that I visited near Saskatoon that looked like uh, a bit of a UFO landing pad. So there were these you know, circular areas that had been really heavily feasted upon. The diamondback moth was prevalent in the southwest in 2023, but not so much in other areas. This is traditionally one of the major pests of canola. Happily, the last few years, it's been pretty cool for diamondback moth, and it remains so uh, this past year. Uh, happily, this year, we did not see what looked like group three insecticide resistance. We did see that a couple of years ago in a couple of spots. Uh, the state of North Dakota's Extension Service uh, issued a notice in 2021 to not spray with uh, diamondback moth with group three insecticides because of widespread resistance. We did not see that this past year. So all of these populations are coming from Texas or from Florida or from northern Mexico. But those that are grown in the American Southeast are associated with veggie production. And they're getting hit every two weeks with insecticide. They're very numerous. Veggies take a lot of insecticide to get those through, you know, in in a state where people will buy them in a supermarket. Happily, our numbers have been low. We need connectivity between that part of the world and this part of the world with those high altitude winds. And we need large populations taking flight. When those occur, this can be a major pest. 
Uh, they were localized in the southwest. These animals are not going to overwinter here. So it's not like we're going to look at additional pressure next year associated with these ones. Dancy says aster leaf hopper populations were higher than normal, and there were multiple reports of cereal leaf beetle in the northeast and southeast. Tansy took questions after his presentation, and one was about the higher number of crickets this year. There was a lot of reports in a lot of different crops, a lot of canola pods being munched by crickets. Are they seeking them out for lack of other options? Maybe. There seems to be a lot of variability year to year uh, as far as a cricket populations and, and what they seem to be going after. But um, it seems the more crickets they are, and, and I can't help but think that there's a correlation with the grasshopper populations. They do feed on, on grasshopper eggs. And so that could be a driver for increased cricket populations. If they eat themselves out of house and home, they could be doing crop damage. That's strictly speculation on my part, though. And there was also a question about a large reduction in grasshopper populations as harvest approached. Uh, One thing that I saw this year, too, were mass cannibalization events. I saw it in a couple of areas, a couple of low-lying spots with two-strike grasshoppers just eating the heck out of each other, you know, ganging up on each other four to five to one. And uh, I hadn't seen that before, but I think with those temperatures that we experienced this year, they only live so long and uh, they're going to burn out. James Tansy is the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture insect specialist. He gave his 2023 report Tuesday at the Agronomy Research Update in Saskatoon. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers, and Migrain Exchange, ready to market your 2023 crop, head over to MigraineExchange.com and try their low-risk grain auctions. The Ice Futures canola market remains under pressure heading into the new year, lacking any significant supportive news of its own that could spark a move higher. Ken Ball of PI Financial in Winnipeg says we have a fundamental picture in canola that looks reasonably comfortable as far as supply goes, so there's no great pressures. He adds that the oil seed will need support from outside markets to move higher, and for now it's just not getting it. The January canola contract traded just under $650 per metric ton a week ago before finding some support to move back towards the $660 per metric ton area yesterday. However, from a chart standpoint, Ball expects values could dip to $625 and adds that even going below $600 wouldn't be a surprise unless we get some support from the U.S. markets. A major player in the sector says a domestic sugar policy would help kickstart the Canadian and particularly the Albertan sugar industry. The Alberta sugar beet growers want a national domestic sugar policy, which the organization says could lay the foundation for resurgence in the sector. Such a policy would regulate the amount of sugar imported into Canada from cane sugar producing countries like Brazil and India. That would shift focus to homegrown sugar beet production and processing. The group says its growers produce only 8% of the sugar sold in Canada, while the remainder is imported cane sugar. 
The immediate goal of a domestic sugar policy would be to double sugar beet's market foothold to 16% of national sugar consumption. The Canadian Agri-Food Automation and Intelligence Network, or CANE, is seeking applications for a competition geared toward creating or developing new smart farm networks. Funding under this initiative will support a collaborative on-farm tech innovations in hopes of encouraging farmers to adopt emergent agriculture technology. Kane receives funding from Science and Economic Development Canada to address challenges facing agri-food producers and processors. According to a December 8th Kane press release, the competition will build on the $30 million Kane has already committed to 30 projects, whose value is over $100 million. Proposals will be evaluated based on several criteria, including technical merit, breadth and knowledge of network members, and economic and social benefits to Canadian ag tech and agriculture. More eligibility guidelines apply and can be found on the program guide. Argentina's new government of libertarian president Javier Millet will seek to raise export taxes to 15% on some grains, though that would not impact tariffs on soy. The news comes a day after Economy Minister Luis Caputo laid out economic measures to fix an embattled economy, including raising taxes on some exports, though he had said that this would not apply to the agricultural sector. Argentina is one of the world's top exporters of processed soy oil and meal, the number three for corn, and important producer of wheat and beef. Wheat and corn exports are currently taxed at 12%, while soybean exports are taxed at 33%. The government is desperate for funds, especially foreign currency, with the grain sector the dominant driver of exports. Bird flu is spreading fast in Europe, but arrived later this year after a warm autumn delayed migration of wild birds, the main carriers of the virus that led to the death of millions of poultry in the past years. Although highly pathogenic avian influenza, commonly called bird flu, is harmless in food, its spread is a concern for governments and the poultry industry due to the devastation it can cause to flocks and a risk of human transmission. The virus usually strikes during autumn and winter and has been spreading in many European countries over the past weeks, but with a delay compared with previous years. An increase in outbreaks had previously been observed at the beginning of October, whereas this year the rise has only taken place from November. The report notes that the severe bird flu virus was detected in wild birds and mammals in the Antarctic region for the first time. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm precision weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary. Or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. I'm here with Phil Spivak from Precision Weather. And Phil, looking at the forecast once again, it looks like the trend we've been having over the last days and weeks is uh, going to continue. 
It really is. Uh, the temperatures are very mild, normal high this time of year at minus uh, nine. So we're well past that coming out of the morning, uh, approaching zero. We'll be around three this afternoon. Had a bit of a breeze at times. The wind has been strong in spots. We've seen um, a, a generally large wind field. We've avoided the bulk of those stronger winds, and now we've really passed the point where we have any potential to get the winds. After being in the um, high end of 15 to 20 through the afternoon, they're more in the 10 to 20, even 10 to 15. Or excuse me, from the morning, they're now 10 to 15 for the afternoon and uh, turning into the north as the day goes on. That is not necessarily, though, a cold air mass signaled by that northerly wind, just a shift and an ever so slightly cooler one will go from three this afternoon to one tomorrow afternoon and hardly any wind tomorrow. In between, the overnight low at minus four, and the potential is there for more of a drop-off, but because of a, a little bit of cloud cover coming in, well, average partly cloudy, but could even be mostly cloudy at times, that will stop us from really uh, dropping off too quickly or too much at all. So we stay at minus four tonight, back to one degree tomorrow. And then the wind picks back up Friday night and Saturday, likely pretty strong by Saturday afternoon. Gusts could get to 40, 45 kilometers per hour. But with that, this wind shift is a turn to warmer. As it starts to pick up Friday night, temperature gets to minus seven. And then it's off and running up to seven degrees on the plus side for Saturday with that sunshine. That's not going to last. We're still going to be above normal, but not quite that far above normal. Right around zero with a partly to mostly sunny sky for Sunday and Monday and a very gradual downtrend through the week, uh, through the first part of the week. Levels off, comes back up, but overall we're trending toward, but likely still not getting to normal next week. Thank you very much, Phil. And as Phil alluded to earlier, the normal high for this time of year around minus nine degrees. Meanwhile, the normal lows is minus 20 Sun rose at 8.52 this morning, and the sun will set at 4.55 late this afternoon. Taking a look around the province in Saskatoon, 3 degrees, Swift Current plus 1, Assiniboia 5, Yorkton and Melville 2, Mooseman and Esteban 0, and Weyburn is at minus 1. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Rosetown at 5.2 degrees, cold spot in Mancota at minus 6.9. In Regina, it's beautiful, mainly sunny sky. Winds out of the west at 17 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 57%. Temperature 2 degrees or around 35 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.9 and rising. Down the road in Moose Jaw, sunshine, west-southwest wind at 16. The temperature is 0 degrees. Again in Regina, mainly sunny, west wind at 17. Temperature plus 2. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. Making connections is a key theme of an upcoming farm conference. Vice Chair of Sask Young Ag, Carly Bodich, says they're getting ready for their Proudly Ag Conference in Saskatoon on February 1st. So we start the day with two panels consisting of young Saskatchewan agriculturalists talking about their experience. The first panel will be on transition planning and the second one will be um, a group of young ag influencers. And then the afternoon consists of two big name speakers, both Farm Babe and Quick Dick McDick will be joining us for the afternoon. Bowditch says Sask Young Ag does a great job of bringing a lot of knowledge to the room. Not only do we bring great speakers, but we also bring in 
farmers, ranchers, accountants, bankers, and agronomists all in similar places in their career with similar drive and passion for the industry. And it's just a great place to make those connections that you you never know what opportunity that might present. She believes they have a unique perspective on transition or succession planning. I think we hear a lot of transition planning from transition specialists or um, people in the industry that are giving guidance on that transition. And we are going to have people that have experienced transition themselves. So they would be the junior partner stepping into the decision-making role. And we have one from a business and a couple from a farming and ranching background. So they'll be speaking on their pers- their perspective from taking on that next step in their operation. Getting involved on a board is another panel discussion planned. So it's talking about being on board. Maybe maybe it's a commodity board. Uh, maybe you're going to run for Reeve in your RM. Uh, really encouraging people under the age of 40 to get out there and get involved. Um, there's lots going on in the world, and we can only make a difference if we know what's going on and get involved. So we're going to hear from people in Saskatchewan that are out there making a difference and, and see how it's made an impact on them and our industry. Registration is required to be there. The links will be shared on all our social media pages, but you can also visit our website. Uh, registration is open now for members only at an early bird price of $150 until December 31st. And after December 31st, the member price increases to $200, non-member $240. And then new this year, we do have a student price. So students can register for the conference for just $100 this year. And the feedback for the conference has been good. Almost everyone who attends one comes back to another one. So I would say people really find that it's worth their time and worth traveling in. We do serve all of Saskatchewan, even though our event is in in Saskatoon. So I would encourage people to, to make the jaunt and come see what it's all about. Last year's event had 100 people attend, a mix of producers and people and other aspects of the ag industry. You're listening to SaskAg today on the Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. We're going to take a quick break. We'll see you on the other side. You're tuned in to SaskAg today on your Voice of Saskatchewan 620 CKRM. This segment of SaskAg today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. By nature and by practice, farmers are water managers. But just as Spock, Captain Kirk, and the crew of Starship Enterprise would boldly go to unknown worlds, members of the Sask Farm Stewardship Group have boldly gone to advocate for responsible water and land resource management. The same group also directs discussion for potential water water management policy change. In part, that's what's happening at the Gallagher Centre Thursday in Yorkton. Here is Spy Hill Farmer and Sask Farm Stewardship President Miles Thorpe. We're more concentrated in the wetter areas of the province, obviously, because that's where water management is more of concern. Some other areas in the southwest are more worried about drought conditions. But uh, so our organization is heavily concentrated in the east, central, and the northern uh, parts of the province, um, but however, we do have membership out towards Regina and down, uh, you know, Moose Jaw and up through Davidson as well. But uh, more, more concentrated in the in the black soils. For an advocacy group, action begins with policy. 
and you know we try and take the voice of the many landowners and get into a cohesive message and take it forward to the to government and to um, you know policymakers like Water Security Agency in order to know that. Um, the voices of landowners are being heard and that policy being made will be a workable one for landowners um, because we, you know, we all want policy that works for everybody. Afternoon sessions feature a panel focused on drainage research, management and impact on farm business. But our group is really focused in on Saskatchewan land and water use policy and there's been a lot of changes and um, you know, land is one of our greatest assets for our farm, and we need good policy to be able to use that asset to its to its potential. That's Sask Farm Stewardship President Miles Thorpe. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Up next is today's market update. Here's the market update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly down in early trading today. Canola is down 70 cents at 617.42 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is down a dollar 10 cents at 312.19. The rest were unchanged. Durham at 459.03. Feed barley 262.58. Chickpeas 1168.44. Flax 631.04. Lentils 787.50. Oats 286.32. Yellow peas 391.05. And feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for March is up six and three quarter cents at seven dollars and twenty and a quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the livestock report. You're listening to Saskag today on 620 CKRM. The Saskag today livestock reports on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of December the 13th. Just a regular sale yesterday. A nice little run here with 325 cows and bulls, 375 feeder cattle, a total of 700 for the day. This cow market selling a bit softer yesterday, the bulls selling steady. D1, D2 cows, 118 to 128, sales to 133, 134, D3 cows, 80 to a dollar. These older, weaker blemish cows, 50 to 70. Cows are averaging 109.50. From that good Kenville area of Manitoba, 1,500-pound cows, they topped out at 137. Good bulls, 135 to 145, sales to 149, 150. Bulls are averaging 138. On to the feeder market. Four to 500-pound steers, $4 to four. 5 to 600 pound steers, 360 to 385, 6 to 700 pound steers, 325 to 355, and 7 to 800 pound steers, 275 to 310. On to the heifers, 4 to 500 pound heifers, 310 to 345, 5 to 6s, 250 to 260, 6 to 7s, 230 to 240, and 7 to 800 pound heifers, 240 to 247. Highlight of the morning, 550 pound steers, they topped out at 380.50. And some good little heifers, 550 pounds, they topped out at 263. That was our last feeder sale of the year. This Friday, December 15th, bread cow, bread heifer sale expecting 275 to 300 head with three herd dispersals, one herd reduction. We have some early calving cows from that asphalt area. They're tan red cows uh, and, and a nice set of heifers. Sale time is 11 o'clock. And next Tuesday, another bread cow and heifer sale, December the 19th. 
Uh, we're expecting 300 head for that sale. Sale starts at 11. Check out the Yorkton Heartland Facebook for pictures and some more details. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exeter. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are at $173.60 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Statistics Canada says manufacturing sales fell 2.8%, $71 billion. The agency says the decline was led by a drop in petroleum and coal product sales, as well as lower sales in the machinery and computer and electronic product subsectors. StatsCan says the petroleum and coal product subsector fell 10.3% to $8.4 billion in October, as it saw lower prices as well as a decline in volumes. It says total sales in constant dollars fell 2.2% in October, indicating a lower volume of goods sold. The World Bank is forecasting that China's economy will slow next year, with annual growth falling to 4.5% from 5.2% this year. The report issued today said the recovery of the world's second-largest economy from setbacks of the COVID-19 pandemic, among other shocks, remains fragile said weakness in the property sector and in global demand for China's exports, high debt levels and wavering consumer confidence are significant risks. On the markets, the TSX is up 156 points at 20,785. The Dow is up 174 points to 37,265. Oil is up $2.96 at $72.43 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is trading at 74.60 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Thursday's edition of Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.